0: We want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction Church today. As you hear this message, we pray that your faith will grow and you'll be both encouraged and challenged. If you enjoy what's happening at Cowboy Junction, it would really help us out if you would subscribe, rate, review, and, and share this
1: online. You can also help us reach others by partnering with us financially. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com give. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, Cowboy Junction, happy Thanksgiving. I know it was Thursday, but listen, seriously, if, if Christmas is in our heart all year, I think Thanksgiving should be too. And I am thankful. I'm very thankful to be here preaching after the last month uh, that I've had. And I just thank God. I'm thankful for my health. And I want to turn to you and say, one of the things I'm thankful for is you. You rose to the occasion this week and Last week's message, we kicked off this series about who's your neighbor, and we shifted some things at Cowboy Junction to not focus on maybe weekend services as much. We were going to open our online campus, and I think this is amazing. I love this. I really do. But we decided that throughout the week, we were going to expand some areas that we have not been really great at, but we wanted to really lean in and see if we could be a blessing in our community in a in an uncomfortable area for us. And And let me just tell you, we found out a few things. Number one, we were fully unprepared, but our staff rose to the occasion. And I can tell you right now, we're ready. We're ready now. But we had an amazing week. Let me just share with you some of the things that happened. After last weekend's message, we were able to have 37 people contact the church asking for help. But another amazing number is uh, 44 people at Cowboy Junction contacted cowboyjunctionchurch.com backslash care and said, we want to help. So thank you. I am so thankful for people who want to be active at Cowboy Junction. Let me share a few things. Um, did you know that for every one of the people that call in, the staff was able to pray with them? Every one of them. And on top of that, um, Jeff, Pastor Jeff, led a Zoom call um, with all kinds of people, the prayer team, to just pray over each and every one of these people uh, to, to We prayed against COVID in the name of Jesus. We, we, it was an amazing prayer meeting, Pastor Jeff led. And um, that's just exciting. Um, we were able to deliver COVID bags to people. That's what we're calling them. If somebody tests positive for COVID, we're able to put a, a bag together of soup, crackers, Sprite, masks, gloves, Kleenex, a box of scripture, uh, our prayers, Hershey kisses, and, uh, and, and Hershey hugs. I don't know what a Hershey hug is. What's a Hershey hug? Anybody? I, I don't know, but I want to try one right after this. And that's exciting to me that we were able to put that together. But the flip side is, is we found out kind of what the necessities were for people who needed help with their groceries and the things that really weren't that important. And we now have a go and grab ministry at Cowboy Junction to where the moment someone calls in and says, I need help with food we're all prepared. You wouldn't even recognize the church right now. It is set up to help people with food of all kinds. And and let me give you an idea. We're able to grab and go with things like milk, eggs, bread, beans, rice, and uh, Lee County Beef Program hamburger meat. That's pretty cool when you can grab and go like that. And we had to learn the process of putting this all together. And I'm very proud of our staff and our volunteers for putting this and making it happen. Um, here's some other needs that we were able to help with this week, and this may kind of blow you away. We were to help. We were able to help one person with a cremation experience, uh, uh, cremation expenses for a loved one. We were able to help with a lot of rent and a lot of utilities, uh, building supplies for a floor for somebody who really needs their floor fixed, and um, that's something Clay's on. And um, we're we're spacing it out to be to where we can get some volunteers to go and help us with this person's floor. Uh, There's been several people contact us and says, is there any way we can get Christmas trees? So we just called around and people were so wonderful with helping out with Christmas trees. Uh, We were able to uh, get three people that contacted us and said, right now we just need some food, but Christmas is coming up. And they're on our list. And uh, in the next several weeks, we're going to be able to help these families with Christmas for their kiddos. And uh, we're able to help with toothpaste, toothbrushes, diapers, wipes, all kinds of different stuff. And one lady even called in and said, my car isn't running. And so all the grease heads and mechanics at Cowboy Junction got together. And they're just going to bombard this car with everything it needs. And it's really cool to see people use their gifts for the kingdom of God to bless people. Um, We're... we're, uh, we're asking everyone that uh, these groups of people, if you are someone who needs help, okay, if you're someone who knows somebody who needs help, or maybe you just like to help, real quick, the place we all go to is cowboyjunctionchurch.com backslash care, okay? And so with that, If you're any part of those three things, you're someone who needs help, you're someone who knows somebody who needs help, or you would like to help, that's where you go. CowboyJunctionChurch.com backslash care. One of the things we added this week is we had great volunteers, but we had people say, we would like to donate money towards this stuff. What do we do? If you go to CowboyJunctionChurch.com backslash care, you'll see a giving link that you just click on. And we know because you went there, you want your money to go directly to our benevolence fund, basically. So that's how you can give. So here's how you can help us. And real quick, we're going to go to the message. We need you to pray. Would you just pray for us that God would use us and that the kingdom of God would just move forward in these acts of love and kindness? Okay. Would you pray for that? Would you donate? That's a great way to get involved. Um, We need people to shop, purchase, and deliver to run errands and make deliveries for us with groceries and all kinds of different things, mask up, glove up, all kinds of different things, and, and, and just, just make a run for us. Uh, you can be a part of helping people during Christmas by just simply adopting a family. That's something in the future to think about, but you can go ahead and register now at cowboyjunctionchurch.com backslash care. Um, and the last and final one is be patient with us. We, like I said, we, we recognize some areas that we were really lacking in, but we're getting better all the time. So be patient with us. And, um, and we're going to do some cool stuff in the next several weeks that we weren't geared for before this big shift. So with that, we're in a series called, Who's Your Neighbor? And I just thought we'd take a pause for a minute and just think about just how cool it is that we were able to help so many people this week. I think you just, right there in your living room, I think you just give God a great big thank you. Thank you for including us. Thank you for inviting us to be a part of your kingdom. One of the things that I love about the Lord's Prayer is it says daily pray. He says daily pray this. And then he says, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One of the things that a lot of people don't know is that we have to ask to be a part of the kingdom plan. In fact, it's our daily prayer. And we assume sometimes that things are going to happen. But Jesus says, no, 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 daily, daily ask to be a part of his plan. And so with this series and with this uh, little time that we're in to ask who's our neighbor, I would just ask during our prayer time right now, would you ask the Father if you can be a part of his plan? Now, if you're here today and you're watching for the very first time and you're not even sure you know Jesus, well, just buckle up. And I just want you to kind of pay attention to the language and the lingo and the atmosphere. And I just want to remind you of something real important. This isn't people that you're seeing. This is Jesus working through people that you're actually seeing. At some point, I'm going to turn to you and say, what do you think about seeing the kingdom of God at work? Average, ordinary, broken people that got put back together by our maker and then asked Would you like to be in my plan? And I'm going to turn to you and ask, would you like to be in his plan? This isn't a church thing. This isn't a pastor thing. This is just simply a kingdom thing. So with it, I'm going to pray. You ready? Father, we love you. And all over the place, people right now are tuning in and they're listening. Your scripture tells us that you said something really cool. You can you called us sheep. And you said, the sheep will always know the shepherd by the sound of his voice. They recognize his voice. So today, Father, I just pray everyone listen to me that knows you. Today, there's going to be some things that said that they're not going to hear me, but they're going to hear you. And Father, I pray that they would lean in and recognize this is coming from the good shepherd. For those that are watching and they've just never heard talk like this before, they've just never heard anything like this before father i pray that like a sheep standing on the outside of the gate may he recognize the voice of a good shepherd and hear where he wants to be and then just simply listen for what the shepherd tells him to do open my ears open our ears bless my mouth as i speak we love you jesus your name we pray amen today we're going to go to Genesis chapter 33. I want you to open, if you're new, it open in your Bible, go to the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, the very first book. Open the front cover, go to Genesis chapter 33. And I'm going to read you a portion of Scripture that is kind of the end story of an ugly relationship, okay? This is the story of Jacob and Esau. And in Genesis chapter 33, verse 1, it says this. Now Jacob lifted his eyes and looked And there, Esau was coming. Dun, dun, dun. And with him were 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two maidservants. Now, if you know the story of Jacob and Esau, this is a story of manipulation. This is a story of treachery. This is a story of of stealing a birthright. And it's a story about two brothers. Maybe now you're watching a little bit closer because maybe you feel burned. Maybe you feel blasted. Maybe you feel like you've lost something and it was somebody else's fault. And so here you have Jacob who stole the birthright of his brother Esau. It was wicked. It was manipulative. And Jacob had a history of this, okay? But this is the first time that these two have seen each other since that day. And you can just tell. Jacob is expecting the worst. And after you find out that Esau has 400 men and he's heading Jacob's way and Jacob decides to split the family up so that if one part of the family gets hit, the other part won't, it's a, it's a defensive strategy. How do you think this story is going to go? So let's jump ahead. Let's go to verse four. And this is how the story actually happens. It says, But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, and fell on his neck, and kissed him, and wept." This probably wasn't the reaction that Jacob thought Esau was going to have. And to be honest, this is one of the most healing portions of the Bible, if you let it. You'll find in the area of maybe some unforgiveness you have. So we're in this series, and we're talking about who's your neighbor. I can't think of any guy closer to you than your brother or possibly a sister. At least they should be close. But sometimes we live life together and things happen and something causes us to go separate directions. But what if you were in this story and you were the Jacob who did the wrong to get what you wanted? You were so competitive and you were so driven and you just wanted number one so bad. You were willing to to steal from your brother and lie to your dad. And then it catches up with you. Perhaps you're the Esau in the story where you've been stolen from, manipulated. And your mother who was supposed to protect you and she didn't. And her, your dad who was in such poor health, he couldn't do anything. And you feel alone in this world and you feel broken. And even your brother stole from you. But it says this, that Esau, when he saw his brother and he heard he was in town, he ran to meet him. He embraced him. He fell on his neck and kissed him and he wept. And I truly want to read into this a little bit because you don't act like this for someone who did something awful to you unless forgiveness had happened in your heart. And if we're going to talk about asking who's our neighbor, you can't skip the reality of asking yourself, is there still unforgiveness in my heart or do I truly know what it's like? to forgive someone. And here's a very important thing. It's going to be very hard for you to love your neighbor if you have unforgiveness in your heart. Think about it. It's going to be very difficult for you to love people and have kindness and patience and love and offer one of the things that you possibly may value the most, forgiveness. You know what it's like to be forgiven of your sins, but it's going to be very difficult to ever love your neighbor if there's still unforgiveness in your heart. You know, I've had some experience with this. Um, one of the big things that popped out during this message that I was praying is I, I we were passing out food, we were distributing just food, we were just having fun. Heather and I just basically went on a, a date and uh, we just kind of loved on each other and left food on people's front porch and it was, it was fun, it really was. But there was this moment I got to thinking that I've done this a lot since I was 18 years old in Phoenix, in Seattle, in, um, in uh, Los Angeles, we have as a family, the Bean family invited a lot of people to go with us to go do a lot of street outreach, just different stuff over the years where we passed out food and blankets and, and just different things. My boys really good at it. Ever since they were little, they've helped. But the funny thing about inviting people to come with you is the people that you have in your head, they'll probably go with us. Generally, sometimes their timeline don't isn't the same as yours and they can't go. But because you put out this blanket invitation and everybody, hey, just come with us. We're going to have a great time. The people that you think would never go end up going. And it's bizarre. It's really bizarre. When you get the list and you see who's going, something really awful pops into your head. You actually are reading your list and thinking, oh my gosh, that's like the meanest person in our church. What would she want to go for? And the funny thing is when it comes to helping people, when people understand the power of forgiveness... One of the things that happens next is the desire to help. It really happens. But here's what's interesting. I've seen these people around other people and they're not friendly. They're not kind. They're bitter half the time. They're sarcastic. They're mean and they want to come help pass out food. But amazing thing takes place. I've seen this a million times. You get them to downtown Los Angeles, put potatoes in their hand, instruct them, just put out just just give them this much potatoes and, and and if you want to you can pray for them and these people back home who are just unfriendly become the light of Christ in downtown Los Angeles, Seattle, Phoenix and literally I look at them and think, oh my gosh, it's a miracle. If you plant it close enough to Christmas you can say it's a Christmas miracle. But you watch these people who you've seen them do nothing but be bitter and angry come alive with love and kindness. Their prayers are amazing. And as I was getting ready for this message, I thought to myself, it's amazing to see that happen, but sometimes it's easier to love a complete stranger than it is to actually love somebody that you've known your whole life. Now think about that for a minute. I'm not discrediting the person who left home to go help someone in Los Angeles or downtown Hobbs or downtown Phoenix. I'm just pointing out something very important to think about. Sometimes you see this life happen, this ability to love people, pray for them, believe God for their best because they're a complete stranger. And I just want to throw in the dangerous part about that. Is that our neighbor? And the answer is yes. Yes. So why can't we go home and have the same kind of faith and love and encouragement for people we know? And the answer could be because sometimes it's just too hard to get over old stuff. And Jesus says this. Think about what you just said. Okay? So we're going to think about it. And I want you to go to Matthew chapter 18. And in Matthew chapter 18, there is this incredible message Jesus shares with his closest dudes. Okay? And in Matthew chapter 18, we're going to scroll down to verse 21. Okay? Verse 21. There it is. You find it's Peter. Oh, man, I love Peter. And Peter just simply comes to him. And and has this great little sermonette that he's been working inside of his heart. And Peter says this. He came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Now, see, this was working so perfect for Peter. Number one, it's a great question. How often should I forgive my brother? It doesn't say stranger. It doesn't say guy I don't know. It says my brother, my neighbor, the people that I'm closest to. But Peter had already learned in his heart the power of forgiveness. Can you imagine forgiving somebody one time? Okay, think about it for a minute. I forgive you. Okay? But it happens again. Can you imagine saying the same thing a second time to someone? I forgive you again. And now I want to ask, have any of you ever for the third time offered forgiveness? I forgive you again. Three times seems to be a little bit much. That's, that's even coming from your pastor. And Peter throws in here, what if you have to do it seven times? So for me, forgiving somebody three times seems a little bit, come on, dude, okay? Come on, three times? Peter says, how about seven? Seven. Jesus' response is, and some of you already know it. Some of you have already tuned me out because you've read this a million times. You're like, okay, come on. I know what he's going to say. Maybe Jesus wants to bring it up again because we are in Thanksgiving. And Jesus' response goes beyond anything that sometimes we want to do, but it reminds us of the forgiveness that's available to us, and now we're expected to offer it. And this is Jesus' response. Hey, Peter, I do not say to you up to seven times, no, but up to 70 times seven times, 490 times. And it wasn't the number that Jesus was saying. It's like, hey, seven times is a lot, but you need to do it 490. Jesus was given a point. He says, as often as forgiveness is required, then you are required to give forgiveness. Jesus goes on. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Anytime Jesus does a parable and he says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. He says, in my father's community, which maybe you want to be a part of, I know I do, this is how it operates. This is just like gravity. This is just like how heat works heat causes a fire causes heat and ice causes cold it's just as simple as the wind blowing and this is how things operate in my father's kingdom there was once a king who wanted to settle accounts and when he had begun to settle accounts one was brought to him who owned him 10,000 talents let's just say a million dollars a million dollar account where someone hadn't paid what he owed. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and that payment be made. This is the consequences of finding ourselves in debt that we could never pay off. This is actually a story about sin, a debt that you could never pay on your own. The servant, therefore, he fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, saying, Master, will you, uh, and, and I will pay all. And the master of the servant was moved with compassion and released him and actually forgave him his debt. Do you like the story so far? It's pretty amazing. In fact, it's the story about how every one of us who would turn and say, every mistake I've ever made, every moment that I chose something else and I didn't choose God's best, every moment I hurt somebody, every moment I turned my back on God, but then that one day that it dawns on you the cost of sin. And then you begin to ask, what do I need to do for me to be forgiven? You found that you couldn't do anything. And the amazing story of Jesus, the greatest gift the world's ever known, and we're moving into that season And it began to sink into you. Maybe someone explained it to you. Maybe you read it for the first time. Maybe you called someone and asked them to go to coffee. And they were able to share with you their story of salvation. Nothing they did, but just a simple gift when you choose it. And forgiveness came alive for you. And this is the story of forgiveness to where you realize the power, the awesomeness, the value of the greatest gift salvation is what we call it but it's salvation because god sent his only son to die for us to be the sacrificial lamb that his blood washes away our sin and we are new creations in christ jesus we owed and god paid our debt isn't it awesome but imagine if The same person who God rescued by forgiving walked away from that rescue and was unable to forgive others their debts against him or her. The story continues. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, let's just say a hundred dollars. And he laid hands on him. He took him by the throat saying, you pay me what you owe me. And his fellow servant fell at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Does that sound familiar? And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and came and told the master all that had been done. And then the master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers we'll get to that in a minute until he should pay all that was due to him so and these are the words of Jesus my heavenly father also will do to you each of you from his heart if he does not forgive his brother his trespasses this has always been a portion of scripture that either gave you great joy or or caused you great panic. And fear, fear is actually the beginning of, uh, fear is actually something that God uses to get your attention, not to keep you in fear, but to fear God is the beginning of salvation, what scripture tells us. So if any of this causes you to fear, it's not fear against faith. It's actually asking you to take a closer look at the faith that you do have in this portion of scripture there's a few things that pop out jesus makes you ask the question how many times should i forgive my brother and the answer is very simple as many times as it takes now this is the part where some people say well what about trust it's a whole nother message And let me just turn to everyone and say to the person that may be watching that someone's hurting you abusing you hurting you Could you please contact the church if this is taking place? Because if there's ever any part of someone taking advantage of you, yes, forgiveness is necessary, but relationship is not. So when you contact us, we can help you better. But that's a whole other message. For everybody in this room that it is just so difficult for you to live in the world you're in and God's not moving you, I want to ask you, Could unforgiveness be an issue? Maybe there was a time that you celebrated going to church or being around Christians, but now you just are ate up with the hypocrisy. Time out, time out. The hospital isn't for well people. A hospital's for sick people. And there is a lot of things we're learning as an individual in a group full of people and nobody's perfect in church. But you know what? causes us all to come together forgiveness for one another why because it is the very thing that God gave us that allowed us to be a part of his kingdom and it's the very thing he turns to us and says how often should you forgive your brother as many times as forgiveness is asked of you to give forgiveness I'm going to wrap this up and I want to just kind of focus on a few things how can we truly be thankful for salvation if we don't walk in forgiveness? Let me think about it for a minute. For everybody that's struggling with your salvation, maybe you, 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 you remember the day that you accepted Christ as your Savior. You remember the day that the Bible came alive for you. You remember the day you, you started loving church again. But it's kind of like rust has developed. And over the, over the years, you just kind of find yourself getting bored. Hang on. The fact is, is that unforgiveness can begin to set in and we can begin to make a list of little things. And I want to encourage you during this season we're in right now to walk in forgiveness. I know literally walk in forgiveness. You might need to go for a walk. And as you walk and you think of these little bitter little areas of your life, little, little pockets of blah, think of the person's face. Think the person's name. Begin to talk to the Holy Spirit and once again start walking in the thankfulness we have for our salvation because we're also offering forgiveness to those who might have done a tacky, awful, sarcastic, mean thing to us. Maybe it goes deeper. Maybe you got burned. Think about Esau. Forgiveness puts us in a category of thankfulness that is really experienced by very few people. And that feeling of gratitude is available for every one of us, but it comes through forgiveness of others. Another thing is remember Jesus spoke up and said that the master turned over the man who couldn't offer forgiveness to the torturers. and. I read a doctor's interview the other day that talked about the severity of so many diagnosed diseases and the areas of unforgiveness that many of these people who had these diseases just hadn't got over stuff and it festered even to the health that they had. Now, I'm not saying this is everybody's story, but think about it for a minute. If you live your whole life angry at people, Do you not think it's going to take a toll on your body? Torture here, I think, is a lot of what we experience in having unforgiveness. We have torture in our mind, and we have torture in our heart, and we even suffer torture in our physical bodies because we're not able to walk in forgiveness. And I want to turn to you right now and get you to wake up to the reality. Forgiveness for others, is the second most important forgiveness of the forgiveness you accepted when you accepted Christ as your Savior. And if we have accepted Christ as our Savior, it should be simple for you to offer forgiveness to others. And the last and final thing, and it's a water cooler moment, it's something that if you don't remember anything else I said today, but you remember this, you got everything of what today was about you ready? Do you ever find that you value forgiveness? And if you ever find that you do value forgiveness, then offering forgiveness shouldn't be a hard thing. But if you're here and you would say, I don't really don't see the value in offering forgiveness, then I want you to stop and think, this could be the very reason why you struggle with understanding what happened when Jesus gave his life. And I truly believe that if you begin to think what Jesus did when he offered forgiveness, it's gonna change your life forever. Joy is gonna be something you don't have to make up. Peace, god um, all of these things, all from understanding what forgiveness offers. And a quick question, and I think this is important. Do you need forgiveness? Seriously. Do you just need to stop and pause and think, I've never ever in my life thought of every moment that I've ever turned away from God. Did something that I knew probably wasn't his best. Maybe you don't even know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so right now in your living room, in your car, wherever you're at, do you realize that it's a simple prayer? In fact, if you're here today and you would say, I want to know that forgiveness. Well, why not just do this? Start off by saying, Father God, I am so tired of choosing something else and not choosing you. I need you. In fact, there's a part of me that knows exactly what that means. And there's another part that is just completely clueless. But all I know is I need you. Pray this. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for every time I chose something else and I didn't choose you. Now that I'm forgiven. It's okay. You can say that. Now that I'm forgiven. Show me what it means to follow you. Show me where you're at. Show me what to do. Show me where your people are. Show me where your kingdom's at. I want to be there. I am a new creation, a new person, a born-again believer, start-over person, all because of you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, pray this. Holy Spirit, show me what to do next. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that, or if you have ever prayed that in your life, then you know what it means to put the past behind you and to move forward. So for everybody that's listening who has accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, As your pastor, I commission you now to go give the very thing that you have been given. Forgiveness. And every time you recognize unforgiveness in your heart, stop, pause, and give forgiveness the chance it needs to bring life back and to repel death. Yeah. Hey, I am thoroughly honored to get to talk to you. Thanksgiving was a special time for me this year. I was never afraid because I knew, I knew where my real home was. But can I be honest with you? There, uh, Over the years, there has been moments that I've struggled with unforgiveness. But all I had to do was think about what Jesus has done for me. And it changed my heart instantly. Yeah, This happens in marriage. It happens with raising kids, and if we're ever going to know who our neighbor is, if we're ever going to love our neighbor well, then forgiveness and walking in forgiveness will always help us know who our neighbor is. Before I go, I want you to know I love you. Jesus loves you. Don't you ever forget it. Don't forget thecowboyjudgingchurch.com backslash care for everything regarding helping people or being helped by the church. You guys have a great week in the Lord. I love you very much. See you next
0: week. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time and you have never accepted Jesus and you've never had the forgiveness that Pastor Ty was talking about, we want to partner with you. We want to pray with you. What we would love for you to do, if you would just do this for us, so that we know who you are, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, would you text CJ Next Steps, all lowercase, all one word, to the number ninety seven thousand. That's nine seven zero zero zero. When you do that, it's going to send you a little form. You fill that out, and someone on our staff is going to reach out to you. They're going to pray with you. And uh, we just want to connect with you, give you tools uh, to make sure that you can keep taking your next step because salvation is a process. God saves you right away. You're completely forgiven, but becoming like Christ, that's a process. And so we want to know who you are. We want to pray with you. So if you would, just do us a favor and text CJ next steps to ninety seven thousand so that we can get in contact with you. I want to remind everyone today if you're part of our home folk, your Cowboy Junction Church, you can uh, two things. You can give online. You can go to cowboyjunctionchurch.com slash give and uh, you can give there. And second of all, if you're watching and you